And that's really all I have to say about that. No, it makes perfect sense to me. Well, with that said, then I think we can wrap things up. You know, it's been a great interview. Thank you for joining me. And uh, yeah. You know, oh, wait, no, I have really more to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell people about my nuance. <laughs> nuance. Uh, nuance, man. The nuance. <laughs> hey, rollers. You're listening to the third part of our Summer Ganza Extravagabe, which is the second part of the Quid Pro Gabe Trospective. If you're listening to this the day of release, you've got just one week to catch the Quid Pro Roll Forest of Dolls livestream before it leaves Twitch. That's over at bit.ly slash goblintwitch. If you're listening to this after that week, then you can still catch all the chaos as it happened live over on our Patreon at the $5 or higher level. If you don't have the pictures of dead presidents to spare on that, that's all right. Starting next week, we'll be releasing the audio from those recordings here on the main feed. You're also not too late to catch part two of those shenanigans, which will be streaming live on July 7th at 7.30pm Eastern Standard Time. A quick reminder that we'll be at Queen City Anime Con doing panels, live shows, in-person D&D, and running a Goblins and Growlers merch booth August 5th to the 7th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tickets are on sale now and attendees must prove full vaccination or have a negative COVID test within 72 hours of arrival at the event. Check out queencityanimecon.com for more details. With that, I'm going to turn it back over to me for the rest of this interview. Take it away, me! This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Uh, I, I, I was going to say, uh, I did think of, from a production perspective, some of my favorite moments have been over the podcast, slowly discovering how I view each character, like, musically kind of thing. Like, really early on, I, like, I, I was trying to pinpoint where I wanted Johannes to sort of stand and how I was going to represent characters and, like, motifs and instrumentation and things like that and eventually I, I have landed on the motif for a character is not so much a, a light motif in the music but more so in instrumentation yeah a, a little bit more of that john williams practice yes well yes where there might there might be themes but those themes are colored by the instruments in them yes representing the characters that are present which i guess actually goes back before john williams what was the there's that one classical piece that's about like a goose and a small boy <laughs> and a wolf peter and the wolf peter and the wolf that's the one by uh Saint -Saint, isn't that i could look it up quickly enough but i can't recall right now did, did saint saints do peter and the wolf oh no it's prokofiev or was it saint saints i don't know it was either Sansan or prokofiev one of those two i feel like it was Saint -Saint, though. That's just what's really clicking in my head. Yes. So similar to Peter and the Wolf, obviously the orchestral arrangement, not the poem. But yeah, the, like uh, in, in, in Lord of the Rings, there are a lot of, uh, and, and, and a lot of other scores, a lot of scores are generally like they will use leitmotifs, but they'll use instrumentation to represent different character changes and mood changes. But there are things like uh, one of my favorite shows, Steven Universe, all the characters, the main characters, are all represented by a different set of instruments type of thing. And so that's sort of where, like, 
I, I eventually found uh, I I tried Johannes with like the the early early Johannes theme, which I liked, but I I find like 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 for me that's one of those like oh don't don't look at me old memory moments because that was it was like a, a fife and a snare drum because Johannes kept going into these long speeches that I felt were very like patriotic esque speeches. And then as it developed, and I'm like, I, to me, that was that was me definitely leaning into the wrong idea. And then I was like, oh, well, what if I do something really grandiose? Like, Johannes is definitely, like, uh, Baroque-style, like, organ or maybe, a, maybe a, a harpsichord. And then now I've finally fallen back into where I feel most comfortable with Johannes, where I'm like, Johannes definitely has the, the, the background and aesthetic for that, but Johannes is nowhere near that complicated. He is a piano, and so that is that is where I've sat with 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 Johannes with like in, in the most recent episodes is like when you hear piano, it's usually either like the the party exploring or or, or, or entering into an idea, or it's Johannes entering into an idea because Johannes to me sort of represents the party's sometimes forward momentum. I think that's fair. Johannes is usually the one most eager to keep things on the roll. Yes. But in, in that vein, the reason I brought that up was because uh, one of my favorite moments was the conversation between Solonar and Melody in the streets of Tinkerhaven. Because I had Melody's theme, which was the Stratton Isley theme, I think, that I made. And I had that one sort of like developing behind whenever she was talking. And, and to me, that like represented her because the character is, is very much like lost in their own fantasy type of thing. And then whenever Solonar was talking, it would you would hear like the crowd start to shift back in and everything would return back to reality. And I had so much fun like editing and composing that little bit because I, like, I, I didn't want to do it super like hard shifts back and forth. So it does like flow somewhat organically is my hope from idea to idea as the scene progresses, uh, eventually coming to, I think, the end where the the theme actually starts to change uh showing that she is having to go through a change and then resolving back into the 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 din of the city and then eventually into a a solanar theme kind of showing the 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 shift of energy in that moment i do like when there are sort of like paced and gated dramatic moments that i don't want to fill with poo poo pee pees and things like that <laughs> because then i can i can i can lean into those and try and like create that little soundscape there was a moment somewhat recently i can't remember exactly where but i think like man i'm trying to remember exactly why i did it it was either because alita was getting like oh that's right it was so this is for a recent episode spoilers not super recent this is when y'all were traveling at the um the monastery and Solonar and Alita were talking and having deep moments. And Alita was also similar to uh, Melody sort of like getting lost in her own expectations over her reality. And as she was getting more and more frustrated, I was putting, I, I was slowly leaning into the King of Stags theme as she was Ooh. becoming more and more emotional. I did not put that together, but God, I love that as a motif. Yeah, 
because the so that the King of Stags theme also is uh, a slight variation for anybody who has like heard heard those episodes. The the King of Stags theme is my rearrangement of the Erlkonig, which is a, a a fantastic and haunting classical piece by Franz Schubert, I believe, uh, about a a very terrifying and malevolent sort of fey creature. And so like that that emotion because Alex often talked about like because of how, where Alita grew up she was not really connected into like the emotional side of herself she was much more analytical much more book read that's why she seems to know so much about Virian because she's like read everything in books and you're like my, mm, mm. you have some wild expectations of things <laughs> darn authors it's part of why you're hardly a fade, dear sister. Exactly. And and that and that that like the more she starts to lean into her emotions and be honest with herself with her emotions and realize that sometimes reality can be a crushing disappointment if you set up your expectations poorly. Uh that like I I slowly was putting in more elements of the King of Stags theme. And to me, and uh, from from what you were saying, it was subtle enough that it is missable. And I think that's where I want most of my stuff to sit. Is like, for the most part, I want it to be subtle enough. Unless it's, I literally stop all the audio and start playing music. Like, I want it to be subtle enough that it's missable, but but present enough to be noticed. Just to gush on you a little bit, I usually notice that there is music. But I don't often notice the music itself because it's just blending into the scene. Yeah. Which I realize is fully intentional for you. Yes. Like, I, I definitely, this is just my method of composing, is I will say there are very few times in the podcast that I will write something that isn't very intentional. There are a couple times where I'm just like, uh, push my fingers on the keyboard. Yeah, that sounds good. Go. But for the most part, like I'm always like I'm, I'm focusing on what keys I'm using, how I'm modulating, things like that. Mostly like that's like a, it's a thing for me to help me work into the creative process, because if I'm just like, well, I need a song for this. Oh, no. What do I do type of thing? But this I'm able to create cohesion from moment to moment. And I have parameters from what, what I can work within. Like I'm trying to create something with Solonar. I'm like, all right, I need my staccato strings or something like that. And. Now, what kind of mood am I working for? D minor, all that. And then as, as the podcast has developed, it's definitely been more, it's been very helpful in the most recent, like, hundred episodes with being able to just, this, this is an idea that I want to work with and then I can compose to that as opposed to just compose for the scene. I will say on the occasions that I've gone back and actually listened to the music as opposed to paying attention to what's going on in the scene, it's great music. Like I'm I'd be very excited for you to have something that is distinct from the podcast where the music is listened to by itself so that you don't have the like characters trying to draw your attention back to the scene. You could just kind of live in the music for a little bit, which is it, that 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 is that is definitely a plan of mine is to like have more of the like the qpr music like of avail available and also just like my music more available for for people to listen to there are s several times though like it in episodes where i will i will make something specific for a scene and if you listen to it without people talking over it it 
sound it doesn't sound bad, but it's like it's very simple. <laughs> it is it is really just like slow piano keys. It builds up a teeny bit of tension. I I hit like a like a discordant dissonant key at one point and then it goes back into something comfortable. And it's 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 very simple and a lot of the themes are like that because I'm essentially just using various like leitmotifs and instrument association and just painting something which i i really enjoy doing that because it makes the scenes feel organic to me instead of like having composed a piece and then like all right now i'll chop that and stuff it in this scene which isn't bad i do that as well like i was telling you with the king of stags theme or the the stratton isley theme that like sometimes i will compose a thing and i'll put it but other times I will just have something organically developed through a scene. It doesn't take as much time as I would think it would, fortunately, because I have parameters to work on. That's enough of me talking about my nuance. <laughs> it, is, it is helpful to have constraints to be drawing within. You know, paint by numbers is a whole hell of a lot easier than making art off of nothing. Yes, yeah. And they, like the, the first two like boss themes that I did, which, oh no, I need to come up with a new, another one for this next temple. Oh, geez. You but, have a little uh, time. I do, <laughs> fortunately. With, with, with both of those, like the ideas sort of like, they, they, they start to develop naturally. Like I'll, I'll, I'll start to create elements for them in the episodes leading up. And depending on what people what like listeners sort of lead into with like during the release, like, Oh, this was really cool. Or this is how they perceive and react to the temple itself. Then I'm like, all right, I'm going to take elements of that concept and then work that into the song or into the, not a song piece, the arrangement. I love it. I love it real quick. A couple, Mm -hmm. there's only a couple more things I want to get into. The first thing I want to get into is how do you feel like things have changed for you as a creator between the initial introduction of the podcast and more recent stuff? We've already talked a little bit about things like determining what production really looks like and figuring out how to compose themes. But, well, I guess we've talked about editing as well, haven't we? I'd... I'd written yeah. this question down thinking not so much of this stuff would come up as naturally as it has. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's at least one thing we haven't touched on, though, which is the the sound of the podcast. Specifically, what kinds of sound effects you're using, what, mm. like, l- what the levels are to make us sound good. Uh, <laughs> getting, us, getting us to sound good in a car as opposed to a pair of headphones. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's that's something like so I, I, I've i done a bit of like production for various things in the past before like pre podcast, but most of them were like scores for little flash video games or things like that or like a um a, a, a wrestler theme for a, a wrestler mobile game that never got off the floor and, and, and things things that like has has a very specific way you're going to listen to it mixing voices that are talking and not singing was not something i was really prepared for when it came to how those frequencies will show up on different devices because like when someone's singing 
generally you're going to try and keep their their vocals their singing vocals in a very specific space on the frequency spectrum and all that and you're like trying to you, you have a spot for it and it's also they're generally projecting into it and also the stuff you try to record it in a uh, a studio environment type of thing that cuts out as, as close to studio environments you can get closet works but like that that kind of like there's all these elements that go into producing singing vocals that talking vocals i wasn't expecting uh and trying to like mix audio with all the talking god there's a couple episodes i need to go back and fix this i i hate that i did it so much that i mixed in stereo really early on because that's just how the audio was coming in and so i was like it it, it really was like as i was trying out things with the podcast Fortunately, I will say, I will I will preface with this. Every time I've made a mistake and I hear it, I haven't made that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> I will always go, oh, that didn't come out right. And then I'll like fix it in my head and add that to my list of things I won't do wrong again, hopefully. But there, there, there were like one or two episodes that I mixed in stereo so that like, because we had three mics, I think. And so two people are, were on one mic on the left two people were on one mic on the right and then Alex was split in between the two on her mic and it sounded cool to me in my headphones but turns out on every other set of speakers ever ever that has a stereo function it sounded weird like even myself listening to it in a car later that has stereo uh split and it was just like I can hear Josh only through my left ear this is <laughs> nice <laughs> It is. It was not a good idea. It seemed like a fun idea, and I'm sure in a different context, because that that's definitely one of those like, you know, oh, here's an interesting artsy idea that people haven't really done before, and then oh, that's why people haven't done it. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> There's definitely been a lot of stuff like when we're talking about production of the podcast where. One of us would be like, what about this as an idea? And it's like, I've literally never heard any other podcast do that. And I feel like there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's definitely. Uh, and then trying to balance it onto like car speakers or just like a phone speaker, not headphones. Where like I, I, I would early on, like I was getting really lost in like being able to work with the whole frequency spectrum type of thing in, in 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 like you know when you're designing a song you have a wide frequency spectrum and you, you have like you know the the super deep bass that you can work with and very high trebles and all this area and then your vocal range is typically somewhere in the middle sometimes for the lower voices like yours i have to mix in a little more low end space for that but i also forget that in in mastering audio you have to anticipate that people are going to listen to this on many different speakers not least of which i'll say nowadays the chances of somebody listening to consumer audio on high quality speakers is incredibly low and so in the in the music industry it is uh, uh par for the course now to just anticipate that you your stuff will be listened to on someone's phone speaker from three feet away yeah type of thing yeah if i could just get everyone to take pictures of their high quality high definition <laughs> audio sound system 
playing quid pro role. Oh, please. And just send this. that on Instagram to at Amethyst Audiomancer. That oh, would be that, that would be great. I would love that. It's just someone goes into like the Bose <laughs> store and plugs their phone into the Bose speakers. <laughs> Ugh. Please. Also, on top of that, technically, you would need to plug in like a computer into the Bose speakers because your phone can't give it the highest quality audio. It would still compress it slightly. Audio is weird. Uh, the podcast is also bounced out as an MP3, so it's already compressed. Yay! Yay! <laughs> but I did, I did eventually find out that after uh, some of our our listeners informing us, like I can't hear this on my, like I can't hear most of the audio in my car. I have to like close all my windows, turn off the AC, and turn up the volume, and then cringe when the loud voice comes in later. That I was like, all right. I need to figure, I need to actively like spend time figuring out how to make this specific medium work. And turns out the solution was compression. Hooray. And that was specifically, I will say it was specifically with when we were in studio recording because the mics that we were using, the way that we we were using the mics, not everybody was fully engaged into a microphone because people had to share them. So you'd have people sliding from side to side type of thing and their regular cardioid mic so if you're closer to the side it's not going to hear you very well and so some people were just quieter and i couldn't really mix them that much louder unless i compressed the audio and then made it louder and just brought all the lows all the quiet parts louder and all the loud parts sort of stayed roughly the same and i just did i I had to wildly compress that old audio because it was it was recorded gently uh this is something that like uh, anybody making a podcast, you can almost always make audio louder. You can almost never recover clipping loud audio that was recorded loud. If the wavelength doesn't exist because you recorded it too loud, it doesn't exist. But if it's too quiet, you can you can boost it. You just put more electricity into it, literally. So that that's that's why we recorded low. And then that was like the logical shift that I didn't make until later that I was like, I need to compress this and make it louder. Once we went to remote recording, though, uh, and everybody has their own mic, I, I, I occasionally have to make someone louder. Usually it's like Chapman, maybe. But that's just because he has a dog and sometimes has to move away from his mic briefly and then come back to it. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that we figured that out early-ish. In the podcast, there's a lot of there's a lot of rough in those first thirty episodes. So anybody who's thinking about listening to this podcast, if somehow your first introduction is this interview, know that the first forty episodes are experimental. <laughs> I have tried on multiple, trying new things, multiple occasions to tell people, yeah, start with the recap episodes, listen to the most recent stuff after the recap episodes. And then if you really like that and you need to know the context for all the stuff in the middle, then go back maybe to episode one at that point because you're invested at that point. Yeah. All of them unanimously are like, no, I'm going to go back and listen to this first stuff. And then they listen to the first stuff and they're like, you made it sound like this was awful. And I'm like, because I feel awful every time (laughs) I listen to it. Okay. (laughs) It was very rough. We didn't. I, I don't even think we had. Uh, the mics properly like set we didn't we didn't have really good what's the, what's the word M- microphone discipline mic presence mic presence 
at 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 the time it was it was wild but now you're all professionals we all crush it yay professionals nothing ever ever goes bad no (laughs) not not once and if anything does go bad we have zoom audio to save the day yay zoom audio Was there was, was there anything else in that question that I that I missed that I hit? The, no, the I points? think I think you covered the points on that question. I have one last question for you before we call it a day, okay. which is, what kind of hardware and software are you using right now? Because I know anytime someone gets into a Q and A with a audio guy specifically, uh-huh. that is one of the things that the audience wants to know. I will start out by saying that Alex and I are recording on Audio-Technica ATR2500X USB mics. Whoa. And we use Audacity to actually grab the audio, do noise reduction on it, and export as a WAV file to go to Gabe so that he can do editing. Yeah. I work with with what I can afford. (laughs) So, like, my my interface is uh, the Avid Fast Track Duo, which... I got at a wonderfully reduced student price a long time ago. And it, it, it works it works beautifully, I will say. I do have a dynamic mic that I record on, which I know is kind of taboo in a lot of like podcasting and streaming circles because it's not gonna give you the, the, the sensitivity that a condenser will. Which is why I have to have the gain on my interface turned up kind of high in order for you to be hear, hear me at all. If I have this thing at fifty percent or lower, you cannot hear me. But that's just because there's not enough enough electricity in the mic. Uh, but I am recording on a what is it? An E835 uh, Sennheiser microphone. It's a it's a it's a very nice, very durable mic. I've brought this around. I've never dropped it because I'm not awful. But I will admit that I have absolutely dropped both Alex and my mics on one occasion no. each. You have to They're- be extra careful with uh, condenser mics. They're still working. They're still functional, clearly. Good. So good. Condenser mics are a little more delicate in my experience than dynamics, because that dynamic dynamic mics are usually the ones that you'll see on stage at performances, so people can like fling those around or drop them if they're awful. Please don't drop your mics, intentionally or otherwise. If it's an accident, that's fine. But yeah, and then then I got I have a ridiculously long mic cable. I will say. I'm not sure how I came into this humongously long mic cable. It's like 10, 15, 20 feet, something. It's something where I have to have it like all over the a section of my room so that it's not coiled on itself. Because I discovered one time when I was recording a recap, this is one of the first recaps that I ever recorded. I can't remember which one it was, but I I needed a quiet space in my in my house to record it. And so I went out into, we have a Florida room and it was like, one in the morning or something like that so it was really quiet in the house i closed the door and i have my mic cable sort of like like coiled off to my right it's not a tight coil or anything it was, but it was just it's long enough that it can coil a bunch of times and still have plenty of room for me to plug it into the interface interface into my laptop and then have the mic in hand and i record something and then i listen to it and then there's something behind my voice. And I'm like, what is that? And I turn it way up and it was a radio show. And it was like music and radio. And I'm like, where the heck? And I'm like, is, is someone's radio playing? And I listen and there's nothing. And so I do another recording and the radio stuff is still in there. And then I realize 
that the mic cable was coiled in such a way that it had become an antenna. That's amazing. Yes, a very, very weak antenna, but it had turned the microphone into an antenna. Uh, <laughs> and it was processing just radio waves as enough electrical signal. And I was like, what? Because it, it was some like Mexican music talk show station thing. And I was like, this is amazing and not what I wanted at all. So I found out I had to just like splay the cable around the room so it wasn't really touching itself a whole lot. And then no, no interference. Oh my God. We had a constant struggle with Brandon's microphone just having hum on it. And mm. it didn't seem to matter what he would change. And finally, he is now on the same mic as Alex and I are. Yes. And his hum is gone. His hum is gone <laughs> oh, for the most part. I mean, we'll still hear like the AC, but yeah, I'll say the mic cables and interfaces, like audio is a very delicate format of like just perceiving reality because it, it is like you're just coding electrical impulses. And any other electrical impulses that are introduced to this messes up that coding. You're turning, you're turning pressure waves, differentials and pressure waves of sound into ones and twos. And any other electricity becomes random ones and twos. <laughs> and it is, it, is, it is wild living in... I mean, I will say, I, like, I, I won't gush too much. I love audio so much. I love the fact that we can record audio, and I am a huge, huge fan of just everything that digital audio, analog audio is able to do, because it's just mind-blowing that I'm able to talk into a little diaphragm, and that can turn into electrical pulses that then turn into sound waves on my audacity. Blows my mind. And then I can turn it back around and listen to myself. It's insane. But speaking of, I use Audacity sometimes. Audacity is a beautiful freeware work workhorse, does so many things. And then I will also, for podcast production, I generally use um, Logic Pro X because the, the productivity on a Mac is still pretty potent. Being able to just use like the, the touchpad to scroll and zoom in and all this other stuff with just two fingers instead of having to type buttons and click on a mouse. It, it speeds up my production just enough that I, I have yet to have a reason to, to use anything else. But for music production, I will either use Logic or I will use Reason. Used to be Propellerhead's Reason, but they branched away from Propellerhead's, and now it's just Reason's Reason. And I, I will use that, like, the gluttony theme for the, uh, the second temple was almost entirely done on Reason. And a couple others have been done on Reason. I think the King of Stag one was also on reason that one it's on a, it's on a pc so i have much more room for awesome vsts uh, or virtual studio technologies so like you know I, I have like hundreds of gigabytes of sound libraries and those cannot fit on my laptop all all the time so if i want access to them i have the pc so that's that's most of my kit do i have anything else that i use i have sennheiser headphones I love They're so good. much that you use logic and reason to create the audio for the podcast. Yeah, I, I saw a shirt one time that says, um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an audio atheist because I use logic and reason. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, had, had I not been 16 when I saw that shirt, I would have purchased it. Uh, unfortunately, I had no money and no real reason. I also, oh, I also use, I'll say for most of my music, I, just, I have a really nice 25 key MIDI keyboard. 
the main one that I use is an Alesis VI25. I haven't, I have, I think, two other ones. The one of them I think is broken because it's old. It happens. It's a lot of plastic, so eventually it's going to go. I am looking currently into getting a new uh, microphone. The only problem about being like this into audio and knowing about audio and, and, and knowing about like the, the qualities of things and the different stuff that go into it is... I want a new microphone, but the, all the microphones that would be an actual upgrade from the one I'm currently using are like in the three to six hundred dollar range. Yeah. And then, and then the step up from that though is that if I get that good of a mic, I'm going to need a better interface, and all the interfaces that are a step up from mine are also in the four to six hundred dollar range. And I could get a proper sound card, external sound card, which is also up there and crazy ranges and uh i need new speakers if anyone wants to help sponsor (laughs) my my endeavor into new audio i need uh, and i do need a new webcam that has nothing to do with audio but my webcam is a bit potatoey it's about 11 years old holy smokes it works i i'm surprised the the takeaway i would like to give everyone here because you and i have talked about this on multiple occasions We've given this advice before on multiple occasions. You don't need the thousands and thousands of dollars of audio gear to make a good sounding podcast. You can Um, get by with the like just under a hundred dollar mics and the like $150 interface and all of that stuff. Like make, start making the podcast on whatever gear you have and then expand out. Uh, I'll say uh, some of the best advice I ever got uh, when it came to like uh, uh, buying audio hardware is uh, there's like I'm trying to think there's like three steps to recording audio and that's your preamp mic setup and then the the interface and there's a lot of like just plug and go mics where it's like there's no there's no need for an interface it just the mic goes right into your computer and those can work but know that if if like those three elements always need to be present and so if you are getting just a microphone for $60 and you just plug it directly into your into your system all three of those elements are divided amongst those $60 in your microphone and so if you want better quality, typically, if you like, you can get the cheaper end, but having those three elements in separate purchases, like what Josh was just saying with like a $100 interface, $100 mic, like just those two steps, now you've increased your entire kit up to a $200 kit. And each part is uh, uh, separate and can stand on its own so much better than if it's all squished into one thing. Now, there are some that are really impressive. Like, I think there's a $400 condenser mic that has all of the bits inside of it. And it is very, very good. It's gorgeous for podcasting. But that's still, if you're shooting for economic, that's probably still out of your price range. So, yeah. Suffice to say, you can put it together with a lot of gear that's not going to cost so much. There's also something I've learned more recently is that there are used audio goods stores that sell microphones, interfaces, XLR cable, like all of that sort of stuff at a very discounted price so that starting out you can have things a lot easier. Yeah, 
there's there's a lot of like stores that have that there's a lot of places like clubs studios uh theater halls even churches that will have audio and they'll upgrade to some crazy new system and they're like well i don't need this old interface and they'll either sell it or give it away you don't need something that's super modern because most of this technology hasn't actually changed other than the user interface part in the last like 40 years there hasn't been any huge leaps in audio technology other than the user interface section so when it comes to the hardware even if it's old hardware it can be gorgeous hardware and it can work so well for you and it can record your lovely lovely voices and you can make your strange podcast about talking about political issues in a hot tub <laughs> i think i think with that i know you have a lot of preparing for camp to get back to i have hey. some housekeeping that i need to do around here not the housekeeping housekeeping yes <laughs> i would like you to keep my house for me please yes please keep my house don't sell it while i'm away yes this would be ter absolute tragedy. It'd be Bilbo Baggins all over again. No, not again. Happens every time. <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, any 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 final thoughts or ideas slash any things that I should say? I I don't have anything specific. I'm going to demand you say. I was going to ask if you had any final thoughts or ideas or things you wanted to say. I will say there are definitely some, for, for anyone who is f curious and has a bunch of free time and wants to, for some reason, devote it to this podcast, because we're <laughs> awesome, there are a bunch of, like, hints, nods, Easter eggs that I have thrown all throughout the podcast in both the audio of the people, like the, the voices, the, the actors, the way I'll edit them sometimes, or uh, put, like, reverbs and stuff like that everything is always intentional also most okay 80 percent time is intentional i can make mistakes and then also in like the music and stuff like that so if you're interested in easter eggs and that's your your jam and you want to delve into something there's a lot there and i will sometimes confirm or deny sometimes i'll just go mm, you found a thing <laughs> eyebrow wiggles but like uh i'll say for for instance there's uh alex has talked to me a lot about some of the the lore and plans and stuff like that with the the storyline and the the world variant and stuff like that and that has helped me with my production in some areas because i can go oh this character is this or this situation i see where this is going in 12 or 14 episodes or possibly even longer type of thing so i know how to allude to that yes so things like that I know that the two most prominent examples I can think of where that's come up have been uh, Artemis, who we met in Aberdeen. Ah, uh, yes. And when we heard the voice of Snuffles outside of the brass temple as Koza was oh, doing yeah. Speak with Animals, you did some wild editing stuff and I still don't fully comprehend it, but maybe some of our more eagle-eared listeners yeah eagle ears <laughs> i'm just gonna go with keen our more keen-eared listeners will pick like up a, like on a the rabbit hints there. or a bat do rabbits have really good hearing or do they just have huge ears that well they have they have 
they have really good hearing because they that's that's how they stay alive for the most part. Our more our more daredevil eared listeners. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I say bats have gorgeous hearing. Bats have amazing hearing. Bats, bats do are have not very blind. Good hearing. I will say I've I've heard a couple people say that again recently. Bats are not blind. They can see you with their eyeballs. They just don't need to. Right. Bats. Uh, my favorite bat fact is that. L- researchers didn't think that they ran into each other while flying around in the air they thought they were just like really good at avoiding each other and then they got slow-mo cameras and it turns out they run into each other all the time yes (laughs) it is generally uh larger things like us that they will not hit accidentally uh i saw somebody once toss a rock up into the air into a storm of bats and the bats all dive bombed at the rock because they thought it was a bug oh my god Uh, it was both cute and cruel at the same time because they, they, they all got so excited. They're like, fuck. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, man. It's just a rock. Stupid humans. Squeak, squeak. Oh, remember Squeak? Oh, that was a good bat. Miss Squeak. Would, maybe someday we'll see Eek more in the main yeah. campaign and not off on his own Patreon adventures. Patreon.com slash Goblin Scrawlers. Yes. Listen to that. those <laughs> Patreon episodes. They're weird. Oh, they get so weird. And they're going to get weirder. Yes, they are. I think we have executed. We've started into bat facts, so I think we're good here. <laughs> I'm. If anyone would like more bat facts, just hop up on the Discord, bit.ly/goblin-discord, and you can at. Uh, there's a lot of people in that Discord with really interesting animal knowledge. Yeah, if you just jump into general and you're like, hit me with bat facts, you'll probably get some really good ones. Oh, you're gonna get so many good ones. <laughs> Did you know that? If a vampire <laughs> drinks a, a drunk person's blood, they get very drunk and then turn into a bat and then can't fly through the window because the window's <laughs> closed. I'm Josh Maltby. <laughs> and I am uh, the sound guy, Gabriel, or Gabe. And thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, editing this is going to be interesting for me. Uh, <laughs> not for me. Yay! <laughs> And Gabe, I hope you have a wonderful time at camp. Know that all of us will be missing you, but that we also hope you're having an absolutely splendiferous time out there. Yeah. Listen to the cool, weird stuff they're coming out with while I'm away. I'm excited for it. I'm also excited for it. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Wait for the mic. Oh, I have to stop my recording myself. Yes, you do. Uh, Yeah. I've stopped the Zoom recording. Oh, I hit the wrong buttons.